Hey, hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, you're doing something amazing and fun and positive for yourself. So if you tuned into my episode last week, let me just kind of tell you where we are. It's National Nutrition Month. And so last week, I sort of started a series on, if you've been following me for a while this year, you know that you know, all through the month of February, with it being National Heart Health Month, the focus was really on metabolism and movement. And so <clears throat> we're still focused on that topic. But what I want to bring in more is a little bit more of a focus on food and nutrition and eating and how all of that benefits metabolism and movement because March is National Nutrition Month. And last week, I sort of kicked us off with um, a special episode on what were what are some of my top picks as far as my go-to foods for not just boosting metabolism, but boosting energy too. Because that's really what I find to be a question that I get asked a lot is what can I eat to give me more energy? What can I do to help boost my metabolism? And obviously there are lots of factors that go into metabolism. So if you're not already in my private Facebook group, please make sure that you come over and join us there. I'll give you all that information at the end of the show today, but we're going to be doing, I'm doing a lot of free events in there. And um, every Tuesday I do a live show and, you know, I go into a little bit of detail of what I talk about here, but I also bring in more information too. So it's just another place for us to connect to where you can get, you know, the most information that you absolutely can. And so today I want to continue the discussion on uh, metabolism and how to boost our metabolism in particular and how to get more energy from the food we eat. But what I want to do today, instead of talking about specific foods, I want to pivot a little bit to supplements because this is what I find there's so much gray area on. And you know, every time I go to the grocery store, I am just amazed at how many products are available in the vitamin aisle and the supplement aisle for weight loss and for better sleep and, you know, better energy and, you know, joint pain and inflammation and everything. And, and somehow now it seems like there's almost, there's almost like a renewed focus on improved metabolism. And so what I want to do today is sort is give you you know, four or five common supplements um, and nutrients, if you will, um, that, you know, are directly, not just directly connected to helping us feel better and get more energy, but also are directly connected to our metabolism. Um, And next week, if you'll stay with me, I'll give you a little bird's eye view into what we're going to be talking about next week too. So we're going to kind of continue this discussion the whole month. But I wanted to focus on that today rather than just food, because all of this ties in with how we eat, really, and what kind of plan really suits us. So, you know, the majority of the calories that we consume on a daily basis benefit what we call our resting metabolic rate. And our resting metabolic rate really um, is about 60 60 to 65 percent, if you will, of our overall metabolic rate. I mean, so the, the majority of it you know, and this is why, where I think so much confusion exists is that, you know, so many of the calories that we eat go to fuel our resting metabolic rate, not the metabolic rate that we need to be active and do other things. So it really behooves us when we're looking at how to best boost our metabolism to look at what we're doing to help with our, you know, resting metabolic rate. And the main things that are involved in that are our sleep, how we eat, how much we weigh, and how active we are those four things. And all of those four things really 
help help our metabolism function at its best. And obviously, as we get older, especially as we enter midlife, what, what we notice is that our resting metabolic rate naturally starts to decrease. And there's really nothing we can do to stop that, unfortunately. But there are lots of things that we can do to really delay the start of that. And at the same time, to keep our metabolic rate working as, as, as well as it possibly can, despite the fact that we're getting older. And that's really where I'm going with what I'm going to talk about today or the information I'm going to give you today. So I want to make a point before I go through this list with you and say that, you know, any supplement or, or vitamin or anything that you take should be taken in conjunction with what you're eating not in place of what you're eating. I want to make that really clear because I think that's a real gray area for a lot of people. I know a lot of you listening have written to me with your questions, and I know that that can be really confusing. People think, well, I don't get enough of this in my daily diet, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and take this instead. And I just want to make a point that anything, any of this information that I'm sharing with you today is going to work so much better if you take it in conjunction with you, whatever, with your eating plan. So in other words, don't substitute, take it with the eating plan that you're actually using. And step five of our six step fit life system is energy eating. And a large part of what we talk about and what we gear this toward is strategy planning on what actually helps keep you functioning at your best. That's your energy levels, your sleep, your rest, your movement. And of course your metabolism is all of it helps to fuel your metabolism at the end of the day. So the first, the first nutrient I want to share with you is probably one of the most important, and that's the B vitamin. And this is something that I think really gets overlooked. Now, honestly, you know, if we're, if we're being really honest, if we eat reasonably well, okay, um, and I really think the majority of people at the end of the day probably get enough in terms of B vitamins from what they're eating, at least nowadays. But with the, with the COVID pandemic and the renewed focus on immunity and, you know, how important it is for us to be looking after our bodies and moving our bodies and at the same time protecting our bodies, it's probably not a bad idea to consider a vitamin B supplement, if you will. And a lot of really good multivitamins have a good amount of B vitamins already in them. But if you think about where you actually get the B vitamins. The most common places to get B vitamins are beans and legumes, milk, eggs, grains like cereal and oatmeal and things like that, potatoes, and bananas, okay? Um, and your B vitamins as a group are all of your trace vitamins and minerals. These are things like thiamine and riboflavin and niacin and folate and folic acid. And that's just, you know, giving you an example. But all of these show up in the form of B vitamins or B complex vitamins, they're often called, vitamin B1 all the way to B12. So if you were to look at, say, the back of a multivitamin or the back of a supplement, and it goes down with the nutrients that are actually on the label, you might see vitamin B1 and then in parentheses, thiamine, okay, or vitamin B2 or B4 or B6 and have whatever that is next to it. You know, it's, there, there's just, there's a whole long list of what B vitamins are. This is why they're called the B complex vitamins. And so if you eat reasonably well, and if you're getting some of these foods in your diet, you're probably already getting some of these B vitamins in your diet, but it's still probably a good idea to do a B vitamin supplement, or at the very least, consider a multivitamin supplement. 
just because it's really considered to be good insurance. Um, and what do B vitamins do? Why is this really even important? You know, what B vitamins do is they help us synthesize, if you will, fats, carbohydrates, and proteins, which is basically our macronutrients and what we eat on a daily basis. What B vitamins do is actually help us get the energy that we need from the food we eat. So think about what that looks like if you're not getting enough of that, or if you know that any of these foods I just named are not foods that you even consume on a regular basis. Then if you're noticing at any point in time that maybe your energy levels are low or whatever, it's probably directly related to not having enough B vitamins in your diet. So, and B vitamins are huge for metabolism, for energy, just helping us be able to function at our best level. So that's obviously directly connected to metabolism. All right. The second nutrient I want to mention is iron. And iron is really getting a lot more attention now, particularly because there seems to be a renewed focus on what's called iron deficiency anemia, which is a condition of having really low iron levels. And this frequently shows up in just if you feel lethargic and tired on a regular basis. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're still feeling lethargic and tired, even though you're sleeping a lot. Okay. Obviously, I think the first thing we think about when we're tired is that we're not getting enough rest. But let's say you're getting plenty of rest and you still feel tired. Then there's usually something else going on. Okay. And obviously I talked about this a little bit last week, but iron is what iron is responsible for transporting oxygen throughout our, our blood, our entire body system. You know, oxygen binds, iron binds itself to oxygen in our bloodstream and really helps us get oxygen throughout the body. So think about what that looks like when we're low on iron and we're tired. It really makes sense. And the more oxygen we can circulate throughout our body, the better we're going to feel. And there are more common places where you're going to find iron are in meats, particularly organ meats like like liver, for example, Um, you know, if, if that's something that you like. Spinach and seafood are also good or good uh, sources of that, if you will. But iron plays a really significant role in what we call the mitochondria of the cells. Now, the mitochondria of the cells, think about what a bank is in our economy. Think about what happens in the bank. There's a lot of money exchange. There's obviously products that are used. You know, people park their money in a bank to earn interest, you know, obviously to get certain benefits. And that's really a lot of what a mitochondria is inside of all of our cells. Inside of every single cell in our body is mitochondria. And mitochondria is where all the energy production happens. So, and what iron does is it actually helps our mitochondria function better. Think about that with what iron does with oxygen and how that's directly related to that. So there's a direct relationship between iron and how our body cells function in terms of being able to circulate oxygen. Okay. So meat, seafood, um, leafy greens in particular, these are all good sources of iron and iron. This definitely plays a role in our metabolism. Think about it. The more energetic you feel, obviously the better your metabolism is going to work. This is something when you go get your physical or you go see your health provider, um, they'll, when they do your blood work, they'll actually check your iron most of the time. But it's probably a good idea to ask anyway and just see what yours is and just monitor it. Um, You probably don't want to take an iron supplement without the advice of your healthcare provider, but it is something to be aware of. So just consider that as well. Um, Another supplement that I want to mention is magnesium. This is one that really doesn't get a whole lot of attention, 
I mean, the attention really seems to focus on the other things, the B vitamins, the iron, and the, the, the nutrients that are, you know, play a big role in our immunity, which are the ones I talked about last week, the selenium and the zinc and things like that, okay? But magnesium really plays a central role because it helps keep our bones strong and it keeps our nervous system functioning the way that it should. And we don't necessarily think about magnesium when we think about bone health and we think about you know, what keeps our body strong. And when our body's strong, we're obviously able to function better. When we're able to function better, we're actually able to do more. So magnesium plays a really strong role in that. And where do we find magnesium? Magnesium is present obviously in nuts and seeds and also in leafy greens too. So we're seeing a parallel here. A lot of these particular kinds of foods and what nutrients are actually available in those foods. So think about if you're getting these in your diet, think about the nutrient bang for your buck that you're getting in terms of, you know, the payback, the return on your investment, we like to call it. So magnesium is a big one because without it, and magnesium deficiencies are not really all that common, but at the same time, it's not something that we really want to overlook. So it's definitely something to consider. Do you need a magnesium supplement? Probably not. But if you're taking a good multivitamin, there's probably a good amount of magnesium already in it. So again, you want to check the label on the back. Now, labels is something where I'm going to go into a little bit next week. So you definitely want to make sure that you keep your eyes and ears out for our drop next week um, and, and to hear that episode. Because so I'm going to talk about what's on a food label. How do you decipher it? And what does this actually mean for not just your metabolism in general, but you know, maybe your grocery shopping habits and how all this affects how you eat. So you definitely want to tune in for that one. A couple other nutrients I want to mention are turmeric and ginger, and these are also getting a lot more attention these days. I'm seeing a lot about turmeric in a lot of the new research studies that are coming out with respect to inflammation. If you have joint problems, for example, if your knees and your hips or your low back bother you on a regular basis, or if you know you're susceptible to inflammation, if you have a pre-existing condition, for example, or an anti or excuse me, an autoimmune disorder that might uh, make you predispose you to inflammation like arthritis, for example, or lupus, then turmeric might be something you'd want to consider adding into your routine. Turmeric also has been shown to help increase what's called insulin sensitivity. Insulin is what's produced from your pancreas in response to when you eat. And the role of what insulin does is it helps, helps your body absorb food from your bloodstream into the other parts of your body that need it, okay? So think about how turmeric could work, for example, with, say, B vitamins and helping you get energy from food you eat, plus at the same time, helping play this critical role in keeping inflammation at bay. So turmeric is really good for that, and it has been demonstrated in some research studies to help improve insulin sensitivity. So think about what that looks like in the overall metabolic picture in general. You know, having some turmeric in, in, your, in your daily routine not only helps your body fight off inflammation, but plays a role in insulin sensitivity. And obviously the less insulin that our body produces, the better off we're gonna be. Uh, what When people run into problems with say, people who are considered to be quote unquote pre-diabetic, or people who develop diabetes as an adult, that's typically called type 2 diabetes. You know, uh, folks like that, 
that have problems with what's called insulin resistance, which is typically seen later in life, particularly in people who develop type 2 diabetes, they don't necessarily have the ability to be sensitive to insulin, meaning that the body produces a lot more to get the same result. And obviously, after a while, we know that if the body consistently keeps producing lots of insulin, that at some point, they, the body will not produce enough insulin at some point. Okay, so you're, in other words, you'll get, you'll kind of run into what's called diminishing returns. So having some turmeric is probably a good idea for a lot of reasons. Ginger, on the other hand, can, is, has been linked to doing the same thing, reducing inflammation, helping with insulin sensitivity, which are all good markers for a better overall metabolic rate, which I think is really where the focus is going now as to how can we make our metabolism actually function better. And normally, keep in mind what I've talked about for the last few weeks is, you know, what makes our metabolism function at its best are our daily practices. That's the sleep, hunger, energy, cravings, movement, how we sleep and rest, our digestion, all of that is all interconnected is the point I'm trying to make. And so having some of these essential supplements and nutrients in our eating plan, along with following a reasonably, reasonably well thought out energy eating plan puts you on the road to helping negate a lot of the problems that you might feel with having low energy or feeling like your stress is out of control or feeling like you have a hard time sleeping and resting on a regular basis, or you don't feel like your, your hunger and your cravings are in check. And all of this is connected. I mean, that's like dots on, it's like connecting the dots. So turmeric and ginger are definitely something to consider too. I want to mention an amino acid called acetyl-L-carnitine. This is um, an essential acid, essential amino acid that our body's actually able to make, but we can also get it in meat and fish too, in general. So if you're, you know, if you're a vegetarian, this might be something that you'd want to consider supplementing just because the best sources of acetyl-L-carnitine are what we're actually going to get from, from animal sources. But again, vitamin B12, the vitamin, the vitamin B complex vitamins are actually going to help with the production of acetyl-L-carnitine even more. Okay, so remember back just a few minutes ago when I mentioned the vitamin B12 complex vitamins and how important they are to the overall grand scheme of getting energy from the food you eat and contributing to your overall metabolic rate. They actually also help your body uh, produce helps with the production of acetyl L-carnitine. So if you're vegetarian, this might be something you'd want to take note of that maybe having a B12 supplement is a good idea for a lot of reasons. And even if you're not, um, if you know you're not getting enough of those foods, then maybe that's something to consider too. Um, the last one that I want to mention is green tea and caffeine. Now, obviously green tea and caffeine are going to have different effects on different people. So if you're super sensitive to stimulant, then it, this might be something you want to talk about with your healthcare provider. But in general, caffeine is very effective at helping to boost metabolism, not to mention it, it helps us feel more awake and alert. I mean, obviously think about how many people say they can't live without their coffee in the morning. I mean, I know I've come to super appreciate my cup of coffee that I have in the morning. And to think that I made it all the way through school in the first few years of my career in the fitness industry without drinking coffee. This was something I have picked up much later in my career, but green tea and caffeine help not just with energy production, but also helps our body free up fatty acids so that we can use them for energy. So in other words, what that means in English, if you will, that can mean that 
having green tea and caffeine or some kind of stimulant um, can help your body release fat from your fat store so that you, you're more likely to use it for energy. This has been documented for years when it comes to caffeine. But green tea, on the other hand, has been shown to have lots of other health benefits. In addition to helping increase energy, green tea has been linked to boosting metabolism, to helping with short-term memory, to helping you feel more awake and alert. You know, it's gotten to where some people really prefer green tea over caffeine. So, you know, if you're a coffee drinker, that's great. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how much is appropriate, how much is considered safe, how much is too much. Generally speaking, I think the rule of thumb is two cups a day is considered still okay. Anything above and beyond that can, uh, not I want to say cause problems because it affects people different, but it's, it's definitely something to look at. I think we reach a certain point where you can have too much of a good thing as well. So you want to definitely keep that in mind. Green tea and caffeine can be extremely beneficial uh, from an energy and metabolic standpoint for us, and not to mention give us a whole host of other benefits as well. So those are just some, some tips, some quick tips on what are considered to be uh, useful supplements when it comes to boosting metabolism and boosting energy and in the grand scheme of things with how we eat. I think everything that I've mentioned here today can easily be incorporated from a nutrition standpoint in your eating plan. Um, and if you know you're deficient, and something, if you know that you have, you know, certain specific issues, you definitely want to talk about those with your healthcare provider. Um, but this is why taking a multivitamin is, can, you can never go wrong with, it's always helpful for you. And taking a look at the label and seeing what's actually in those multivitamins. And there are obviously multivitamins on the market that are probably much better than others. So, and you know, there's, there's just, it's a billion dollar industry. So it's hard to know you know, which ones are good and which ones aren't. But I'm going to get into this a little bit more in, in my episode next week when I talk about food labels. So you definitely want to tune into that. I'm going to give you my favorite multivitamins as well. And what are some things that you definitely want to watch for on a label um, so that you know that you're getting what you're paying for. But in general, when you look at what are some really good supplements to consider incorporating, obviously B-complex vitamins, um, or good vitamin D for sure, especially with the focus on immunity now, because vitamin D plays a big time role in helping keep our immune system strong. And honestly, the stronger our immune system is, the better our metabolism is going to function too. Um, magnesium, turmeric and ginger, and um, acetyl L-carnitine, remember, which is just, which remember is not a multivitamin. It's an amino acid, but you can buy acetyl L-carnitine on its own. But keep in mind, if you're already taking a B vitamin, you probably don't need acetyl L-carnitine. Um, and if you're taking a good multivitamin, you probably don't need a separate B-complex vitamin. So I'm going to talk about a little bit, of, like I said, a little bit about that next week in its relation to how you eat and how you approach your energy eating. Um, and then finally, green tea and caffeine. Um, and everyone has their favorites as far as that goes. Um, there are a lot of health benefits associated with green tea and caffeine, but obviously some of the biggest ones are helping with energy, helping with fat oxidation, helping with our short-term memory, feeling more awake and alert. We feel more productive most of the time when we have a cup of coffee or we have green tea. Um, it just, you know, makes the day more pleasurable too. So those are just some quick tips on what I consider to be essential uh, supplements. But again, keep in mind, these work best when you take them in conjunction with your eating plan. Okay. So the first step I think would be to evaluate how you're eating 
you know, where you think your pitfalls are and where, where are going to be good places to fill in with any of these supplements, if any of these actually might, you know, work for you. I also want to mention too, that one of the best ways obviously to boost your metabolism is to incorporate more movement into your day too. So taking a walk, being more active on a regular basis, working in those short little activity bursts throughout the day, taking the stairs, parking your car far away from the front door. Now that spring hopefully is around the corner, maybe that's a little bit easier and more doable for so many of us. And just making a point to get up out of your chair and move around during the day. All of these help move you toward not only having your metabolism work better, but you having more energy and feeling better. And two, all of this helps you become more insulin sensitive too. So I don't want you to think necessarily, I immediately need to go to a supplement to, to get all these, you know, to get all these benefits for me. You know, again, it comes down to our daily practices. So, but those are just some quick tips on what are considered to be good metabolism boosting supplements. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that you pay, that you tune in with to our edition next week when I'm going to give you a quick lesson on food labels, what to look for, how to read a food label, um, and how to decipher um, what food labels actually tell us. So hopefully that might make your job a little easier when you're in the store. So um, before I sign off, I just want to tell you how grateful I am for all of your support of my show and our message. My mission on this planet is to share the gift of a fit life with one million lives strong. And I cannot do that without your help. But to date, we've been on the air close to 19 months. We'll, this summer, we will have been on the air two years. And I really had no idea what this whole podcast thing was going to turn out to be when I started. I just knew I felt a calling to share my message with the world. And we are worldwide. We're in over 25 countries. We reach more people every week. And I'm just so thankful and grateful that you are on this journey with me. Um, you are, all of you out there listening, um, writing me, telling me about all of your success stories, what works, what doesn't work, what you want to hear more about. This is exactly why I do what I do. So um, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the success that we've had with the ultimate journey of self-care. If you would like or interested in becoming a supporter of our show, please go to my website at cufitness.com and click the podcast tab. That's the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com. Click the podcast tab and you'll see that we have three separate offers there. And I'll send you free gifts with each one of them. Um, we've got some pretty cool swag that we're sending right now with our supporter offers. So for as little as $10, and this is a one-time contribution that you can make, um, you'll get a free gift from me as my thanks. So please head over to our website, check those out, see what you think. Let me know what you think. And if you just feel like dropping me a note, I'm always I'm always open to hearing from you. Please write to me at Allison, that's Allison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-M, at cufitness.com, the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com. And just, you know, talk to me. Tell me what works. Tell me what hasn't worked for you. Tell me where you are on your self-care journey. Um, and if there's an, an idea that you have for a future show that you would like to learn more about, please let me know that too. Um, if you're, again, if you're not in my private Facebook group, please feel free to come over and join me living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. Um, I would love to have you there. We are spending a little bit more time on these very topics that I'm talking about now in there all month long. So you have an opportunity to, you know, get even more information there. So please feel free to find me there, or you can find me on Instagram at fitstylegal, fitstylegal, one word. And, you know, come hang out with me there, too, if you're on the gram. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. 
uh, thanking you again for tuning in, for, for checking me out, and for helping me spread the message that self-care is a journey, and it's a unique journey, and it changes as we change. This is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.